0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Retail Coffee Break. I am your host, Nick McHenry. In today's episode, I sat down with Rachel Williamson of Running Great Stores. She had a storied career growing operational businesses of large and major well-known retailers. And today we talk about a topic that is near and dear to my heart, and that is having a growth mindset. So what exactly does that mean? It means when things get tough, still having the mindset to get creative and find any way possible to grow your business. I think we can all take something away from that mindset and that idea. So it's a super interesting topic that I really enjoyed digging into with Rachel. So without further ado, let's do this. So Rachel, thank you for, thanks for hopping on again. If it's okay with you, I just want to roll in to this because yeah. I, I find that like, actually the first thing we just did there is always like more genuine than like, welcome to Rachel retail coffee break. I'm here with <laughs> Rachel running great stores. Honestly, I just like it's so much better. The first five, the first 30 seconds is the best part. Of,
1: <laughs> yeah, always. And it's so much fun. And it, it's, I mean, I do podcasts too, as you know, so it's just yeah. a great way to warm your guests up um, to kind of what you're talking about. So I just think it's, I think it's awesome and absolutely positively um, however you want to do it is good by me. Uh,
0: Exactly. Okay. I've got my
1: laptop next to me because I put some of my uh, notes over here. So if I glance over to the side a little bit, you know what I'm doing. That's
0: totally okay. So obviously I'm here with Rachel Williamson of Running Great Stores. If you wouldn't mind just giving a quick, you know, 30 second background, what's your history? Tell us about Running Great Stores. What's it all about?
1: yeah great thank you so much nick so uh i've spent the last couple of decades in retail and i was in the store side first store manager district manager regional and then switched over to the corporate side running store operations most recently as vice president of store operations for a multi-billion dollar company then decided to move to the corporate office to oversee eight brands and um understand how to take really in this environment take costs out And then wrapped up that project and started running great stores. So I'm a retail consulting firm, and I really help brands, retail brands, uh, specific brick and mortar brands, learn how to run operationally excellent stores that create incredible customer experiences that ultimately drive top line sales. Um, I also help businesses that are going through bankruptcy reorganization to figure out how to restructure their field org. Uh, and how to run those stores in their new reality. So it's super fun. I love it. And uh, yeah, so that's the short version.
0: Well, first of all, congratulations on the new company, the jump. So what's been your favorite thing so far? We're going to start on a positive note with moving to your, you know, from the corporate world, a very corporate world, to your own business, being a consultant. What's that been like?
1: Yeah, so, you know, I think the very best part about this is I learned – that everything doesn't have to be perfect in order to take the next step. i really learned in this um, new adventure, this journey for myself, I'm really building a bridge while I'm walking across it. And if you knew me in my years as a retail executive, I couldn't put a single thing out into the field until it was perfect. And if it launched and there was a single mistake, I would just go crazy. I'd beat myself up. And so it, it's. I had to go from having a little bit of a fixed mindset to being really growth-minded. And what I learned when you're growth-minded is that there are absolutely no barriers to what you can accomplish in your life. And so it's the most freeing thing to just release yourself from perfection um, and just say, if something doesn't work, I totally learned and I'm just going to keep going and, and learn the next thing. And so um, it's been it's been wild. I mean, it really <laughs> has. And people who knew me then who know me now are like, "Wait, this metamorphosis is like <laughs> insane!" Um, but it's it's really powerful. And I find that um, while it's kind of a side thing now, I'm doing a lot of uh, conversations with organizations about how to have this success mindset, which is really this notion around I'm growth-minded instead of fixed. And so we can get into that a little bit later, but that's probably been my biggest thing. And I would encourage anyone, I mean, in this climate, like the thought of losing your job just scares the
0: the jeebus
1: out of people. And the truth of the matter is when it happened to me, I was like, cool, what is the next thing I'm going to do? And I just started aggressively going after plan B. Um, and so people are like, well, that's you, you can figure it out. It's like, oh no, this is all of us. We can all figure it out. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's just been amazing.
0: So were you building that bridge at your last job or was it kind of just like, let's build a bridge super fast. Now's the time let's do it.
1: No. So so such a great question. I mean, I knew that the project that I was pulled into to kind of Mm-hmm. My, my, really, my history has been um, I'm reputed to being able to pull projects back on track, pull mm-hmm. departments or divisions back on track, um, find ways to cut incredible costs without, without cutting on the associate experience or the customer experience. And so that's really what I've spent time doing. And because of that, the COO at the, at the parent company was like, I need to pull her here to do this change for growth program. And the truth is I knew the project was going to end. And here was the truth truth. I had no idea what plan B was. I racked wow. my brain day and night thinking wow. about it. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? So I get laid off. And the next morning, I wake up with this name running great stores, like right there in my head, like it was a chalkboard written in front of me. <laughs> I ran to my computer and went to that GoDaddy.com and the .com was available and I bought it. I had no wow. idea what I would do with it. Two days later, I had did a photo shoot with my photographer. And I'm like, okay, I have professional photos and I have a website I, and I have a .com. Now I need to build the website. So I built a website and I had a dear friend help me with that. And then I just started writing. I was writing blogs and getting them out there on and LinkedIn is really where my biggest following is. And right. even though I'm on the other social sites and people started reacting to it, they loved it. They loved yeah. the content. And Um, Then I started doing podcasts and then I started doing videos and webinars and all of a sudden I'm like, you know what, retailers are reaching out to me. I'm just going to take that next leap. I'm going to start this LLC and I've got clients and I just started hiring a team and it's cool. It's really, really cool. Wow. So that is honest to God truth how it happened literally like the next day and I think things just happen when they're supposed to, you know, there's that, there's a season for everything Uh and you don't, you know, farmers don't plant and harvest on the same day or on the same week. And so there were lots of times where during this last 10 months that it was really like, can I do this? Am I ever going to get a client? And Mm -hmm. you have to be patient. Right. That's probably the hardest thing. Right. And, um, you know, you got to surround yourself with super positive people, which I have a great network and. Yeah kind of the rest is history as they say, but you know, there's this long path ahead of me. I know I have a ton, ton, ton to learn and I'm just going to keep building, keep building and walking.
0: But you know what I love about that story? It's like, you kind of set yourself up as like, I'm a planner. I would, but like, this is a story about doing, I mean, like you just started moving. Like you had no idea what the roadmap was. It was just like, let me do this thing. And that's going to lead to another thing. And literally like, it seemed like you built the bridge, like one board at a time, if you will, you know, as you went along, it's like, Literally. okay, the next thing happened. Let me put this, this board down and then the next one and so on and so forth. Like uh, as you're on the bridge right now, almost.
1: You know, the funniest thing is that, um, you know, I was like doing all this writing and I'm getting all these followers and getting all this good feedback. And I'm yeah. like, I just on a side note, isn't it funny how, when we post things and people make comments, how it like brightens our day? Yeah. Like I, I know <laughs> I'm not the only one, like I, I posted something about that the other day. And I'm like, you get like a high, I don't know yep. what releases in your brain, but like yep. you get this high over yep. people's comments. And, um, and I'm like, you know, I don't really need to learn about SEO and, you know, I just get better at this with my mm-hmm. website. I mm-hmm. relaunched my site and, mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, Oh, I don't know how to do this. This, I got to hire like Neil Patel or someone like, I don't know right. how to do this. <laughs> and so it, I think the other really empowering thing is you actually learn to do a ton more mm-hmm. than if you just stay in a job where you know everything, yeah. um, where you're like the top dog and, and you know what's going on. You have got a great team. You're not really learning anything. Right. You're teaching other people, which right. also feels great. But I've really loved how much I'm learning. Like I'm learning how to do all this stuff. Like I set up QuickBooks and built (laughs) these 1099 profiles and I'm like, what in the world? I'll give a little bit of credit to all this software that is pretty intuitive to use. But yeah, it's been cool. Like every day my husband's like, how do you know how to do this stuff? I'm like, I don't. (laughs) I am like making it up as I go, but- it's really cool, especially these D 2 C companies that I work with. They're direct to consumer. Mm-hmm. They've never been in the brick and mortar space. They're moving into that space. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to run stores. I do. But we operate very similarly. That's how right. these startups, that's how startup businesses right. are. Right. They're just like, let's just go. You have some guy with this great idea or you know, whatever technology like brilliance, and they just go. Yeah. And, and so I'm like, I think that's what we have so much in common. And the, the craziest thing is never in a million years have I been that person.
0: Wow. So we wow. can be
1: anyone we want to be. That's what I've learned. Like you can be anything you want to be.
0: So it's just transformed you just like in this short yeah. amount of time, just having to be, become this person to run this business. It's just completely transformed. Yeah. That's amazing. And if
1: anybody would have told me a year ago that this is where I'd be now, I'd be like, shut up. You like not even a chance. Um, and so it's, it's really cool. it's I'm so grateful. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. Like this isn't about me. This is about like great friends who helped, Mm -hmm. who have helped me. Um, Mm -hmm. Lots of great software out there. Lots Mm -hmm. of great, um, Mm -hmm. you know, people that want to see you succeed. And this isn't about, Oh, I'm so great at all. This is about, Hey, we can do this. Right. You got to surround yourself with people that can help you get there, who believe in your mission and believe in your vision.
0: But I really truly believe it was the movement that, allowed you to find all of this, you know, and kind of just kind of uh, uncover it or discover it. Like had you just sat back and waited for something to happen? I mean, of course you had the aha moment of the name that kind of like started the snowball. But I mean, especially with what's going on right now, I talk to so many people, I have so many friends, unfortunately, who are being furloughed or laid off. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of ask them what their next step is. And unfortunately, a lot of people's answer is just like, just going to wait and see what happens, which to me, like, I think it's so much harder to find whatever that next step is with that action. If you just do a yeah. bunch of things, you try to find out what you're good at, find out what you like, find out what you're learning, stuff like that. And then it just kind of seems to fall in place, I feel like.
1: I agree, Nick. I think waiting and hoping is never a strategy. Right. It just, it is. And I used to say that to, to field leaders that I would be like, why is that store manager still there? Like mm-hmm. they're, they're not happy in that role. Like mm-hmm. we got to get them something else. And they're like, well, I'm kind of hoping that she gets better. He gets better. Like waiting and hoping doesn't work. Yeah. Take action. Yeah. So for any of your friends that, you know, maybe they're going to be listening to this podcast of yours, I would just say to them, don't don't sit and wait. Don't wait and hope because it never works. Just start moving. And mm-hmm. don't worry if, if you fall down because you just pick yourself back up. It's like when your kid's learning to ride a bike or when they're learning to walk and they fall down. And, you know, the way your kid handles it is the way they hand the way you react to it when right. it first starts happening. So, like, at two years old, they fall down on the sidewalk, they skim their knee, and if you're like, oh, my gosh, you're fine. Get up, get up, dust it off, dust it off, they're just going to learn to, like, get up and dust it off. But right. if you're like, oh, no, oh, baby, what happened? Oh, and you start encouraging the crying and all that, yeah. that's yeah. what. That's how they're going to react. Right. And, um, like, even to this day, I think I might have overdone it with the it's okay, you can do it, because my daughter's like... <laughs> She can She's do anything. Like, so tough. like she can. I'm like, oh gosh, oh gosh. I think I should have just like said, oh, it's okay, baby. A little, a little more than I did. I was like, no, you're good. Get out. Let's go. Let's keep going. So, uh, I think it's, yeah, I think it's just keep moving. I mean, we live in a really scary environment. I don't know. You're in New York, right?
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah, so COVID there is, um, you guys are starting to revert some of your openings from what I've read in the news. Is that
0: true? So it's starting to reverse, but the one thing I feel like the news is missing, especially when it comes to New York City, is New York City is nowhere near open, A- anywhere near. Like we're, we're oh, reversing some of our stuff, but honestly, like where the government said we could be we were probably a step or two behind that anyways. So we're not really reversing it. it. They're kind of like stores weren't open really. Most stores are still boarded up. There's a very, very small amount of stores that are open. The restaurants are are busy-ish, but nowhere near New York, Manhattan capacity, (laughs) you know? So I I think we're still like very far away from open, even with the government saying we can or cannot open. So that's the thing I think is missing from the conversation is like, no, no, like we're we're taking a step back because cases are rising or whatnot. But we were already very conservative in the opening, I would say.
1: So in Ohio, pretty much where I am, pretty much everything reopened. Yep. And um, so retail is open. I yep. think Lily Pulitzer was like the last store in the mall not open, and they opened today. Okay. Um, and restaurants have been open. Bars have been open. Um, churches, some are open. Some are still closed. But in general, we were open, and so now there's like this big scare everywhere. Like, nice. get your mask on, wear right. your mask. Like, we don't want that to happen. We don't want to shut down again. It's so right. hard on the economy, so yeah. hard on small business. Um, I mean, you read the you read the case study that I did on yep. Green Velvet. Yeah. Um, you know, and now I, I texted her yesterday and said, "What happens if you have to close? Do you have a plan?" And she's like, "I know how to operate. Open, close doesn't <laughs> matter. Like, I've got this." And the funniest thing is you know, it's such a similar story to me, but she was so like, always had done it this one way in running her store. And it so caught her by, by surprise. And she's like, I just, I can't, I can't survive it. I don't have, right. the, I don't have enough cash stockpiled. And, right. and now she's like, whatever, bring it on. Like, let's go because her, she's learned what her customer responds to. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you just got to be willing to pivot, just pivot, whatever happens, but you got to start thinking about it. Right. Like, what if stuff stays closed through Christmas? Like right. how are businesses going to make it? And right. what are people going to do? And you've got to have a plan.
0: So I think there's so many parallels. I'm glad you went there because I think like your story of how you kind of went through it is so similar to, I was actually picturing the because I read the Green Velvet case study. Like it's so similar, whether you're a store owner or you're, you know, pivoting your own life or trying to make a growth mindset in your life or as a store. Uh, so, do you mind just like recapping in like 30 seconds the Green Velvet story, I guess, for people who are listening that aren't familiar with it?
1: Yeah. So, Green Velvet is um, a specialty boutique in Granville, Ohio. Most people know Granville because of Denison University, mm. uh, Ivy League school there. Um, She's had this business there, same location, 17 years, No, no.com, like old-fashioned, just gorgeous. People say it's like walking into uh, Bergdorf Goodman's window, um, <laughs> just really really creative. And, yep. and she is just a total creative. And um, yeah, like the governor just announced, hey, businesses are all closing. And she called me and said, um, well, I'm, I'm never going to reopen. I've gotta, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to bankrupt. And I'm like, mm-hmm. whoa, hold on. That seems extreme. Let's talk about it. And so literally over, I literally drove out there. It's about an hour and a half from here. I drove there. We sat down and I said, here are the things you can do. You can start selling, you know, live on social media, on Instagram, mm-hmm. on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You can text customers. You can do FaceTime walkthroughs of the store. You can do curbside pickup. And this was before everybody was talking about right. you could do curbside pickup right. and you could right. mail and you could do whatever. So we got supplies and boxes. And this was pretty close to getting ready for Easter. She ordered Easter baskets. So we you know, we started just being creative. What are the ways that you could do business without anyone being able to walk in the store. And so I won't give away all her secret sauce, of but course, she, yeah. re, she actually invented a new product line that has become a whole nother business for her. Wow. And um, it all wow. came, it never would have happened. Like I had suggested that she do this other idea three years ago. In fact, she had the supplies to do it. Never launched it. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm not you. I don't know what to do, whatever. Well, when this, when her store closed, here here's what her mentality became. And this is any anyone in a business impacted by it. This should be your mentality. What do I have to lose? I'm already going to lose my business or I'm already going to lose my job or whatever. Fill it in. So if that's the case, then what do you have to lose by just trying, just taking the first step? And so she took the first step, second step, and, and the rest became history. But she now to this day, one of the most successful things she does is some of these live components that she's doing on social media where she wow. sells products wow. and <clears throat> her customers love her. I mean, it's insane to <coughs> She just ordered like t-shirts and sweatshirts with her brand on it. And now she's literally talking about franchise possibilities with oh. this brand because people love it. But listen. Had she not just been open-minded enough to right. try these few things right. and know that if she failed, whatever, who cares? That yep. yep. she was going to fail anyway. Only realize, wait, I didn't fail. They actually liked that. Well, wait, they like that. Well wait, let's just try this idea. And yeah, I, inv- I invested a lot of time in, in uh-huh. you know coaching her, and yep. um, but it's been so rewarding. To probably the biggest thing is not just how well her business is doing. For me, the biggest thing is the shift, the mindset shift that Elizabeth went through. Mm -hmm. That she went from thinking, I'm not smart enough. I don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. To, I can just try stuff and wait, it usually works. Right. So she, and even if it doesn't, what she learned was it wasn't fatal. Right. Right. I mean, all she did was like say, I'm not doing that again not buying that product again, like all of a sudden masks and puzzles became the biggest thing she could ever sell. People were stuck at home. They all wanted puzzles, whatever. And she just started to pivot so fast, talking to vendors. Everybody else was canceling orders. She was trying to get orders in. And so she was getting all kinds of deals and free shipping and all this because these companies were like, all these orders got canceled and you want orders? Fine, yours. Right. Um, and yeah, so it was, it's a, it's remarkable. It's really, she's just a remarkable gal and has done an amazing job with, with pivoting. And, and like I mentioned earlier, like she's not afraid if it closes again, because she knows exactly what she'll do. That's and that's what, that's really what I want for everybody who's in retail or owns a business or what have you. I want people to know that there are options and the only one holding them back is them.
0: Right. So it's Cool were there things that she tried? Did, did everything work? Or I mean, without getting too specific on it, or were there certain things that she tried? Like, Nope, that did not work. Let's throw that to the side. And
1: yeah, she, um, you know, one of the things that didn't work is she, this is going to sound really obvious. She'll be mad at me for, for saying this. <laughs> I won't, I won't tell her about the podcast. One of the things I think that was so interesting that she tried is she thought she could just take existing inventory, mark it all down and just sell it as a deal. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what, are, what are you doing? you, you can't afford to sell it at those prices. You, you don't have any, you don't have enough margin in that right. product. She's like, I'm getting cash in and not, I need cash to pay rent. I'm like, not, you're going to have no inventory and the cash isn't going to be enough to replace that inventory. So, right. you know, there's that, there's that piece where you really have to think about your business and what makes sense. So mm-hmm. she started talking to vendors about mystery boxes. And if you don't know what that is, it's like, they take whatever's left over. You got two of this and three of that and 10 mm-hmm. of that and they throw it in a box and they sell it to you for way 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 less than what the actual cost is but you get what you get well she started getting those boxes she couldn't she couldn't sell them fast enough wow. so she would do these live these live events selling this really fun product at crazy low prices she was still making money on it but she was passing some of the deal along to the customer right. and they loved it like they right. just couldn't get enough of it so right. that really worked um but like she wanted to have, you know, she wanted to like keep her store open and keep people working. I'm like, no, you need to furlough everybody. The only buddy working, r- one working right now has got to be you Yeah. Yep. because you don't have the money. I'm like, you got to go to your landlord. She's like, oh, he's never going to give me a break on rent. I'm like, go to your landlord. Mm-hmm. And she did. And he was very kind and gave her half off her rent for two, wow. the two months that they were closed. So it was like, just take that step. Just take that step. Her biggest learnings were where she told herself something wouldn't work and didn't do it instead of just trying it and then seeing if it would or wouldn't work. Right. And so, you know, those are the things early on, she had to learn really quickly that um, she, she was going to have to just try it and whatever happened, happened. How,
0: how do you respond? Because I, I see this happening right now with stores, maybe, maybe similar to hers, where it's like, okay, my business is 100% brick and mortar, and my store shut down. I get it. But I don't know if it's going to be like shut down for two weeks. I don't know if it's going to be shut down for two months. Do I really want to completely change my business for a two-month shutdown or whatnot? Because even now I see stores that are opening. It's like, great. Back to, back to the same old business. You know, like yeah. if it shuts down again, it's going to be really bad. But right now I'm going to do the same thing I've always done because that's that's my business. It's 100% of my revenues.
1: Right. I think that thinking the same way you've always thought is is probably a recipe for failure Yeah, um, is how I'd look at it. Um, you know, it would be like me trying to start a business using this other mindset of w- when I ran a corporate business, mm-hmm. yeah. they're not the same. You can't use the same approach. Isn't retail today, even if you're in the same spot selling the same product, retail today is not the same as it was two months ago when you first closed your doors. Right. So I think you've just got to be able to pivot and say, there is a new reality. There is a place for brick and mortar. You can't have an emotional relationship with your mobile device. You mm-hmm. just can't do it. Customers crave the human connection. So they're going to come to your store. But I think it starts with um, things like you have to connect with your customer immediately. Whether you're opening or whether you're closing, you got to connect with them and you got to tell them what they can expect and you got to ask them what they want. Um, and and then even like I remember with Elizabeth, I would say to her, you've got to get an email out to your mailing list right now with the protocols that you are taking to make sure that every product that goes out the door to them, you know, you've used gloves and, you know, like it's sterile and they don't have to worry. They don't have to quarantine the product and all that. I'm like, you've got to be up and, you know, front and center with your customers on what's happening. And I would say that for everyone, you know, if you end up closing again, if you haven't reopened um, and then you've got to talk to them, you know, she would literally text customers. I mean, this was time consuming, but your store wasn't open. You had time to do it. She would text customers and say, what is it that you want? What is it that you need? What issues are you having? And some were like, you know, I need to have something to do with my kids. So she started getting puzzles and cool coloring books and things that she could pass along to parents to do with their kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And just things like that. It's like, get into your customer's mind. And understand what they need right now, what they right. need from you, and then figure out a way to fulfill that need. And uh, you know, like she did one of the ideas that I'd shared with her was do a bundle of all different fun note cards that people can buy, like a whole bundle and a discount and with a fun pen in there. Mm-hmm. And just you can't write, you can't be with your friends, send them a note, write yep. your day when they open the mailbox and get it. Like it was a little bit of what's old is new again. Yep. But she was selling out these bundle of cards like crazy with these fun pens because everybody was doing it. Right. Um, And so it's like, you know, what is it that we like? It's probably like what the customer likes, but talk to them Mm -hmm. and see what they like and, Mm -hmm. and then give them that. Um, I said to her, like, you need to have essentials in your store so that you could stay open if it was safe to do so. Right. So she's got like, you know, sanitary, um, sanitary wipes and, anti-back and soap and food. She does really well with this one food line. And so she's got food. So she's considered now an essential business. So if she had to, she could. She knows she wouldn't have customers walking in the door. She'd be doing curbside pickup, Mm -hmm. but she could be open for people who, you know, needed it. And that just makes it easier. So again, it's just get creative. Get out of that, whatever that fixed mindset is, you know, shake out of it and say, let's go, let's move. Don't sit and wait until your store reopens. That's the worst thing you can do.
0: Right. And now that she's back open, is she, like you said, so she's still got some of these ideas running. Like even some of these ideas she did when her store was closed, she's still got, like, even though the store's open and people can go back to her old business model or whatnot, she's still got, you know, multiple different things happening now.
1: She does. Because the truth is, even though businesses are all open, not everybody is still comfortable going out. Right. Um, and she's got, you know, she's got one segment of a clientele that's a little older. And so they're a higher risk population. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she's still doing deliveries for them. I was helping her do deliveries, um, around Easter, delivering big, beautiful made Easter baskets. And, um, and yeah, I would just leave it at their door and ring the doorbell and leave so that, you know, they didn't have worry about human interaction, but she's still doing those things. The funny thing is she's, um, she was able, during the during the time that everybody was closed, she brought three associates back from furlough, wow. uh, like four weeks before her store reopened. She was doing so much volume. And I was like, okay, now's the time to start, you know, bringing your team back in to, mm-hmm. to get this stuff, to get the product out, et cetera. And um, she's got like a full-time social media person now, like it's her, her business has exploded. Wow. So, um, but yeah, she didn't just stop. Like she still does those online sales. She's still doing delivery. She's still doing curbside pickup. I mean, listen, it's not for the faint of heart. Doing all these extra things, it's a lot of hours. It's a lot of work. Right. And you've got to really love it and be passionate about your business and want to save it. Um, And she did. And so she's so glad she did because it's, you know, she's doing so well, which is really exciting. But she also, it was also like a reset. She used to think I have to be open seven days a week, all day, every day, or I'm going to lose sales. Well, when you were closed for two months, what you quickly learned is you actually don't have to be open to do business, even without a com site. Mm-hmm. And so now she's just really like closed on Sundays, has shorter hours, and every retailer is really doing that. But I'm so proud of her. I'm like, you, it reset and it gave you, you stopped telling yourself stories on what would happen if you weren't open every minute of every day. Right. And so it's given her even better work-life balance, which right. has made owning your own store like even more exciting. Right. So I think that's really huge.
0: So just to kind of, we're running out of time. So just to wrap it up there, what is something if you could walk away with one thing from kind of this story and your experience with this in terms of like, if I'm stuck and I just can't get to that growth mindset, I guess like, how, how can I get there?
1: Yeah. So, um, no, that's great. I, you know, one of the things that I always say, uh, people who know me know that I use this quote all the time and, and this is what it is. What I believe drives how I behave and how I behave drives my results. Now, what does that mean? It means what I believe about myself, what someone believes about themselves is going to actually drive how they behave. Mm -hmm. And so they have to start with their belief. Just, they're just going to have to like stop and they've got to ask themselves like examples of a fixed mindset are like you would say to yourself, well, no matter what I do, it's not going to work. My store's closed and I'm not going to have any money coming in. Hey, that's a fixed mindset. So you need to take that, write it down, and then you need to crumple up and throw it away and say, I no longer have that belief. Mm-hmm. Instead, what I believe is, yes, my business is closed. Yes, being closed is going to make generating revenue harder. But there are things that I can do in order to make revenue happen if I'm willing to take the first step. So that's that's a really nice example of how to move from fixed no matter what I do, it isn't going to matter because it's my source closed. So I can't make money to growth. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can. Yeah. Right. And so I would just encourage people to, you know, really just start writing down what are those limiting mindsets, those limiting beliefs that you have, write them down. And then by crumpling up that paper and throwing it away, you're just letting it go. I would say light a match and burn it, but I don't want anyone to burn their house down. So we're going go to go crumple <laughs> it up and throw it in the trash can. Because it works just the same way. Right. And and then as your beliefs begin to change, what will happen is your behaviors will change. You'll mm-hmm. have the boldness and the the courage to try some new things, knowing that if they don't work, you're no worse off. And if they do work, you're better off. Right, and ultimately, what will that do? That's going to impact your result. You'll have revenue coming in, or you'll find a new way to make a living, or you know whatever the situation is for who you know whoever in your audience is listening to this. But I think that's the biggest thing. What I believe drives how I behave, and how I behave drives my results. And um, if you have a limiting belief, your outcome is going to be limited. Yeah. And if you have a growth mindset belief. Then the sky's the limit, and you can become anyone or anything you want to become.
0: I mean, that's amazing. Does that help you? Yes, that that helps. That helps me. I'm like going through my brain. I'm like, oh my god, what am I doing to to live this and and to you know reframe my my own growth mindset and how can I apply this to my business? And I think tons of stores are going to get so much value from just what you've said and 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 that mentality. So thank you so much for that. Where you're can welcome. people where can people find you on the socials, get a hold of you, learn more about Running Great Stores?
1: Yeah, awesome. So thank you for that. Um, go to runninggreatstores.com. That's my website. And on my website, uh, you'll learn more about me and what I do. Um, and there's also free resources that you can download. Um, it's, if you're in retail and you run stores, you'll go to the resources tab, drop down, and you'll see guides and checklists. So that's all free. Everything's always free download it, print it off. I've got blogs, podcasts. You can listen right through my website. It connects right to Spotify. So you don't have to go anywhere else to listen Perfect. to podcasts. So, um, but they can email me as well at rachel at running great stores.com.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for spending time today. I personally am my super pleasure. pumped to go out and grow my business. So that's
1: awesome thank you for that.
0: And, uh, we'll talk soon. Okay.
1: That sounds great. Right. Thanks so See much. You, rachel. Nick. Yep. Bye. Bye.
0: So that was my discussion with Rachel Williamson of Running Great Stores. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you wouldn't mind, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. That would mean a ton. Good, bad, any feedback you have, we would love to read it. And we'll give you a shout out in a future episode on the podcast. Other than that, have a fantastic day. We'll catch you next time.